What's up, everybody? Welcome in. What's up, Jason? What's up, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Everybody's getting in. What's up? What's up, brother? Welcome. Welcome in. Guys, episode one. Episode one. That's right. Let's see what we got. We should uh, try and keep it to like around an hour because I think Instagram keeps you, it it like cuts you off after an hour. So. Okay, so 7.30. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll. Keep. I'll sort of keep an eye on the clock. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, last time it was like two and a half hours. So I know. All right, guys. If you have any questions, throw them down. Oops. Let's get to it. Um. So let's see. So did you see that they came out with the designs for the uh, National Treasures cards? I did. Yeah, the Zion. The Zion's gonna be obviously crazy. I um, I'm not a big National Treasures guy to be honest. No, me. I mean, me. I just like the cards, but I don't really buy them. I mean, they're kind of out of my price range a little bit. Yeah. Let's talk optic. I love optic. I, optic stuff compared to prism is undervalued. Yeah, I agree. stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I think you'll. I, I don't. So I'm not sure. I haven't seen as many people like buying out all of the all of the boxes like they did with prism. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, maybe they are and they're not posting it, but I just, I haven't seen people been doing that, but I also haven't gone to check. Like when I went to the target down by my, down by like where I live, it's weird. Cause like they, they had series one, like the released. Oh, actually, no, I know why they did this. So they had series one, but it's because uh, Panini products are usually stocked by, um, a Panini employee rather than the like stores employees. So like they have to come deliver it specifically to the store. So that's why sometimes targets don't have like basketball stuff and football stuff the day of release. Yeah. And that's how you can actually find out, especially people at target. I know like you can like slide them a couple bucks sometimes and they'll let yeah. you know that person does come in. Yeah. It'd be the first to get it. That's a yeah. nice tip for you guys. I went, when I, I went to the, desk like the front desk and i asked them and they just had no idea what i was even talking about i was like i probably should have figured (laughs) um best basketball prism rookie to invest in i mean that's kind of wide ranged yeah i've been high on trey right now um trey is good um so his base is number 78 i believe um and I don't know what his raw goes for at this point. It's probably around like 15 bucks. Um, but I really like Trey um, in the short run and the long run. Yeah, I'd say price-wise for him, he's probably the best price with like almost like a guarantee that he is – because he's already like – is he a, so is he a starter or no? In the All-Star game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like second year he's already a starter. So like I saw some stat that said this was the first time – that there's been three starters under the age of 21 since uh, Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan. Good, or not, yeah. not starters, but under 21 in the game because you have Tatum, Luka, and Trey. And this is the first time since Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan. Yeah, I mean, what Trey's doing and Luka at this age, 
crazy. Um, I mean that. I mean that's why people are buying their cards. Yeah, it's, I agree with that. I think they. I mean, he he's just been like he he's basically the only player there too, which is like I think big, but it's also an issue for his cards potentially because like there's just nobody else even really there. Yeah, I think if you're buying his cards, look for more to if you're looking to sell like next year. Um, mm. Don't really look at it anything based off of this year just because they don't really have a team right now. They have pieces, but they don't really have a team. Right. Um, but I think the the Hawks organization isn't like a isn't a bad organization. Like you know, there's like the Knicks or just have trash management, all that stuff. The Knicks the are absolutely have, ridiculous. The Hawks actually have you know good management, and I think they'll be able to surround Trey with some good key pieces. Um, so I'm not too worried about the wins. I think the wins will come, and we'll start to see that a lot more next season. Yeah, I mean Trey's also developed way quicker than a lot of like other yeah. players they've drafted too so like yeah. like they've got cam reddish down there they've got like herder they've got i mean vince carter obviously he's more of their veteran there yeah. but like still they've got like and and then this year they're probably going to get like a top five pick again so like they've got i, I don't really feel like it'll be like a cassius winston maybe or like the guy that was on memphis that got kicked off for some reason like he was like taking money or something and he got in trouble but like yeah. he was supposed to, he's supposed to be the number one pick. So like, uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll add somebody this year too. The Hawks might get Lamelo if you think about it. They or Lamelo. That's it. I mean, those are the three players that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head that are like top draft picks right now. Um, Astro World said the way Optic is priced right now, those National Treasure boxes will be like five k. I mean, National Treasure boxes are going to be absolutely ridiculous. Like, though, like uh, I don't know, you you know who um, Card Collector Two is, Ryan? You know who that is? Yeah. He had a TikTok. Like, he, he it was so funny because like right when like Gary Vee was starting to talk about how you can get you can post your first video and get like a million views, he literally posted a video of him opening an NT box and pulled a Luca, and it had like. 600,000 views on like his awesome. video. It was absolutely insane. That like, was an insane video too. Just yeah. like, imagine how much money you have into that box and to like, ha like to be able to just like open it up. Oh my I know. God. I know. It's, it's so crazy. Especially cause like you can, if you're buying it direct from Panini, you can easily flip it for like double. Yeah. But like then you pull the Luca and it's like, you basically quadrupled your money there. I think, I forget if he said that he, I think he said he sold it for like 22 K, but like, the box is probably three or four k. That's crazy. I mean, that's good. I mean, he made his money back in, so like a shit ton more. Yeah, for sure. Best uh, card passed from birthday. Sorry, flipped around there. Uh, what? Sorry, yeah, what was the question? Card, the best card to ask for my birthday. I'd say the most expensive card. Yeah. Uh, uh, Luca. I mean, uh, I mean, Luca probably would probably be a. Re I'd say that's a reasonable birthday gift if you're gonna ask for a birthday gift would probably be like a prism luca but like if you want to get crazy you could go like giannis go ask him for um lebron james tops chrome refractor psa 10 yeah or or a, like a, a jordan psa 10 yeah jordan flair PSA 10 <laughs> Did you, oh so i just posted something apparently so you know darren ravel is oh uh, no He's like a me he's like a media guy does like betting sort of stuff like just stuff like sports media business stuff like that. So yeah. apparently these guys bought a storage unit for like a thousand dollars and it had four unopened boxes of eighty six Fleer. What the fuck? 
the and the boxes the boxes themselves sell for eighty no for forty eight thousand a piece and if the obviously the PSA ten Jordan is like forty k. Oh my god, they got so lucky! Holy shit! Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, so someone said Cassius might be in the like picked forty or fiftieth. So maybe I'm. I guess I'm. I just know that name, so I thought that he was good for some reason. But um, so maybe he's not as good as I thought. There, who's the other guy that's in Australia right now? Oh, um, R.J. Hampton. Yeah, is he going to – I don't know if – he was projected to be a first-round pick. I don't know if he still will be. I, yeah. I, he's doing, like, decent over there, so we'll see. I mean, I think I like – the thing that I like when players do they – when they play overseas or, like, if they do something like that where they're playing, like, other pro players. Like, sure, it's, yeah. not, the, it's not the NBA, but it's – I'd say it's – I'd say that league specifically is probably the closest – closest thing to an overseas league for the NBA, essentially. And I really think that we're going to see more players do that. Mm. Um, I think the call that the college system, even though they're they're, I think in California, I don't know if other states, they're going to start paying the players. Right. Something um, like, yeah, some, some sort of thing like that. But I still think that, like, I don't think will be enough to where, like, they'll be able to keep them. Um, like, I mean, it probably won't happen in the next, like, five years. If I'm thinking in the next, you know, like, 10, 15 years, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more people start to go overseas um, and unless the college system did change. I mean, significantly. like, I, I'm, I'm on the side of that. I think college players get paid, like, yeah, under the table, obviously yeah, under the table they're getting paid, but, like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. But, like, I think they might be. Like, there's a chance that they might be. Like, oh, I, I just don't – I don't big, see how – I yeah. guess going to Duke is good for, like, for Cam Reddish, uh, RJ Barrett, and Zion. But it's like, how are they just, like, all three of them, they're just like, hey, you guys should just come here and play. And they're just like, all right. Oh, they get paid a, a lot of money under the table. But, like, it's it's weird to see when, like, the media finds out or, like, gets out there that, like, they like blame the players and like yeah that, i mean that's all like too. that's like stupid like come on now that was like the the unc scandal a couple of years ago where like they just were taking online classes online classes but it just wasn't even a class it was just like a professor like just giving but them like a like, b like, or something playing, if you're playing college basketball like like who wants to go to school? like who like who's got time to do that like they're you know not even worth it at all like yeah not even like absolutely it's honestly sort of ridiculous to even expect that players playing at like Duke and like all these top schools would even think about going to class. If I'm going to be fully honest, like hundred percent, I agree. Like, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be like, a, it'll be interesting to see the next like 10 years of like what, what happens to college sports in general and like how much yeah. different it's going to look like. Exactly. I mean, especially just the fact that like, 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 Bronny is, like, playing on ESPN as a 15-year-old. Like, what – why would he – there's no way he would – I guess it's different for him maybe because, like, He's I don't good. know what the rules are with, like, his dad giving him money, but, like, in what what reason would he want to go to college? Like, if he's good yeah. enough – if one year not playing in a league is not worth this – worth being in trouble, I don't know, like, something like that. Well, but, now they're – like, you can go to the G League. Right? Yeah, right, exactly. So maybe that will even look better than what it is where, you know, like a high school kid can go in and make like 100K a year for their first year and then get drafted. I don't know. We'll right. see. 
Um, so Zach, Zach had a question about uh, which color you should, you should invest in if you like the player and he has upside. Um, so I've been in the boat of you should buy like the red prism rather than the silver, but at the same time, like the silver, there's probably more of them. Um, but I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Is he like? I mean, getting the same color as the jersey would be cool too. Yeah, that, that holds value. Like the um, red tray or the blue Luca. Yeah. Um, so I would go with like so yeah so ex perfect example with like the tray and the Luca. Um, I would go for something like that, especially if it's like a PC card. That's always super nice to Definitely. have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but again, it just depends on like what you're looking for. Um, in, like, are you looking to flip it? Like, stuff like that. That's kind of up to you from there. Yeah, especially because, like, you're paying top dollar for stuff like that, too. Like, the reds are basically the same price as the silvers, which is one reason why I think the reds might even be, like, a better value than the silvers. Because, like, the reds, I think, are numbered to 299 And, like, then if you're getting it graded, like, if you're getting a PSA 10, you're essentially then cutting the the potential for how many of those cards are into whatever percentage I mean, it's pretty high. I'm imagining it's a pretty high percentage, but, like, still, like, um, at least from – because it's in modern, it's easier to get a grade and get a 10. But still, like, there's yeah. a number of them that won't, I guess. And it's it's crazy to see um, prices people and I think for um, silvers just because everybody knows they're overproduced, but we're still paying, you know, like, extreme amounts of money for them. Exactly. Um, so like I'm, I'm, if you're looking for like a long-term thing, definitely go for like a numbered card instead yeah. of silver. I'd say because I, although I don't see silvers coming down like like tomorrow, I definitely think there's going to be like a level out eventually. I yeah, I agree. I think with the especially just because like I forget. I think it was the sports card investor had a podcast like a couple like over the summer. I think that I showed you about he had broken down some of the silver card numbers and like they, it's clearly gone up, but like you look at like the blues and the reds and like those ones are defined and they haven't changed those like prism numbers for, I mean, I don't know if it's ever or cause I, I can't think of like, I don't know when they started doing, uh, started doing it, but like the, the silvers are still, good but i would rather go red or blue probably i, I think the reason people like silvers though is like when a when a player kind of gets hot the first thing that always tends to go up in price is going to be their silvers yeah That's where you see like the biggest jump and then you'll slowly see the base start going go, going up but the first like thing we always see is like the silvers just explode so i think that's why people like buying silvers but again in the long run you'll be better better off going for like a, something that's numbered yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that one. Yeah, uh, you said thoughts on Devonte Graham. I think he's a. I think it's tough because he's not on a great team, which kind of let basically lets him do whatever he kind of wants to do. Right. Like if he was on, you know, a better team, um, he wouldn't really be having the numbers that he has. But he's still young. He still has a lot to that he can do. Um, not a guy that currently I'm really buying up, but I can see a re like I could see why some people are really high on him. Yeah, not I'm not I haven't bought in, or I keep saying bought I haven't bought any of his cards either. Really, I mean, like it almost it almost feels like a like it's weird 
when players are good, but they're on bad teams. Like DeAndre Fox is another one that's like, and even, I guess you could even put maybe Trey Young into that into that conversation too. Like good players on bad teams. Like how does that compare? Like how does that affect their numbers? Because like Luca, I would say Luca is not significantly better than Trey, but like he's better. But also he plays on a way better team. So like I wonder where I wonder what the like line is where you think a player is uh like their team affects their prices yeah well i think with Devonte graham he's like he's not a guy that makes people around him that much better mm. um in that like i think trey knows how to pass the ball really really well yeah which that's why i'm okay with going in and buying his cards even on a losing team because i know that those wins will come um but with Devonte graham him more as like a like, uh, I don't know who to compare him to. Um, Monte Williams, kind of. Monte Williams, something like that. Right, yeah, that makes uh, sense. But, I like, it's not – I don't see him as a guy that can possibly lead a team to the Eastern Conference Finals for multiple years or something like that. I just don't see it. One thing I do get nervous about with, like, like – and I'm going to use Graham as the example here. Like, when a player's cards aren't super um, – when they're not super in demand until he kind of goes off really like in, in a, like a few games or like first half of the season for him. And they kind of go from like nothing to like crazy prices. Like I think someone said that the raws were now I, I, they were 25. So I don't know. I'm sorry. I was going back. Um, I'm looking, sorry. Who said that? Uh, so Jake's back B-ball card said, I think that was about oh, oh, 25. Maybe he's talking about his age. I think actually now that I've, Graham is 25 already. Okay, so now I don't know if he's talking about age or cards. I do know that the cards have gone up. I don't know if, if 25 is the price, but, like, it just makes me nervous when I see a player like that and his cards go, like, jump up pretty significantly from, like, almost zero to, like, even – I mean, he's, like – I think he's probably one of the more popular guys just from a buying perspective this season in terms of, like, volume compared to where he was. Yeah, I think with the – like – Buying guys like that in the off season is always great, especially if you know the team really well. Like, like if you're projecting them to go off, because like if I bought Devonte Graham over the summer, I was bought. You could have bought him dirt cheap, and I don't know people who did that, and they've sold all their stuff off already. Right, exactly. The, the people who are kind of picking it up now and they're hot, it's tough because it's more of a gamble because you really don't know where the market's going to go from there. Definitely, yeah, and it's not like it's not like where Giannis's cards have gone from like like 500 at the beginning of the season to like now 900 to a thousand. Like, you know, John, you know, Jonas is like, he's already won the MVP. He's already like established himself as a top two or three player in the league. Like, so that jump in his price, that percentage wise, at least, cause like they basically doubled and I, I'm not sure hundred percent sure about Graham's prices, but like, I've got to imagine they more than doubled. So I'm just nervous when I see that percentage go up so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. So someone said best. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, let's see. Oops. We already answered that. I don't know that popped up. Let's see. Age. So someone said age on Graham. So that must, he must've been talking about. So that even makes me even, even more nervous. Cause like. He's like 24, right? 25. Yeah, if that's the case, then he has like three to four more years of like prime years. If like. Oh, I'll give you a perfect example of who it reminds me of. What's that guy's name? Um, 
Buddy Heald. Like, Fine. Buddy Heald is, like, 28 or whatever. He's a baller. Like, if, like, he can compete with anybody, really, in my opinion. Like, if you really look at him as a basketball player. But is is somebody really buying Buddy Heald to, like, like thinking he's going to be, like, a three-time all-star? Like, or, I don't know, whatever. Like, a champ, the guy that can lead the team right. to a championship? Probably not. Um, so, I think that's kind of the boat that Devontae Graham falls in. Yeah. You know, I heard an interesting comparison. So, I was listening to uh, part of my take, which is, like, a Barstool podcast over – like after the trade deadline and they were talking about the Andrew Wiggins trade and they compared Andrew Wiggins to uh, Jeff Green. They were saying like, mm-hmm. he seems like the type of player where it's like you keep, cause Andrew Wiggins is only 24 too or 25, but still it's like you look at him and you see he was like the number, he was he the number one pick or was he the, yeah, number, he was the number one pick? Yeah, yeah. So like you look at that and you say, well, he's the number one pick. So like he will, and he's only 25. Like I would say, that's and I don't know the price of his cards, but it feels like he hasn't really done enough to warrant his cards being like crazy. Like I think Cat probably has pretty expensive cards. I would say like they've got to be in the the hundred if I had to guess. But yeah. like, I mean, I'd say Andrew Wiggins is probably in the forty to fifty. Which, yeah. like, if I'm spending forty to fifty dollars, I'd rather buy Andrew Wiggins than a player like Graham. I guess. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, somebody asked about baseball, so I mean I can touch on that a little bit. So, so I do, I do, I guess I don't, I don't, I follow baseball. I don't really invest as much, but I do like like buying baseball. Um, and a guy, I mean, I don't, I think it's pretty obvious who I've, I've been talking about this guy a lot this off seasons, like since for last month or two, is uh, Luis Robert, who is the number three prospect on the MLB pipeline. And then I think he was number four or five on baseball America, but he's just like, he's just, he seems like he's just like a monster. Like he's just built, like he's huge. And I think that white Sox roster is going to be good. So that's one guy that I like uh, from a baseball perspective. Yeah. Someone said cat base are 90 to hundred. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's about right. And that's like a, like a cat. Like I wouldn't buy now. I would buy it over the summer. Definitely. Because they they would actually have like going into that year a good amount of hype around him. Yeah, I mean I would have said probably last year if there was one player that I thought was going to get traded was going to be him. But now that they brought in, it'll, it'll it's going to depend on what happens with D'Angelo Russell because he's a uh, free agent at the end of the year, right? Because I think that's what the that's what they were saying. I think. No, I think he signed a. a three-year deal or four-year okay. deal. So then I would say now I don't think he's going to get traded. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, like, a good combination. Like, it's weird that the that, that team hasn't um, – that the Timberwolves really haven't, like, panned out ever. Like, Yeah, man, it's – I don't – I think they have good pieces now. So they, now they have to put, like, some good 3 and D guys around yeah. them. Um, so, like, I, honestly – from here, I really think that their their best shot at being contenders, like, is going to be these next three years with D'Lo and Cat together. Definitely, and they got they've got probably got to bring somebody else in, especially in the West because of how like top heavy the West is. But look, if it they feels get, like they if they can get Devin Booker with them, bro. That'd be I crazy. mean, that's that's just that that would be absolutely insane if they got Devin Booker or like uh, if they got um, if if they got. Uh, Jabari Parker, 
they would have the first three picks from that Carl uh, Anthony Towns draft. But didn't Jabari Parker get traded to the Warriors? <laughs> he got traded to like like Sacramento, I think. He was on Atlanta, and he got yeah. traded to like Sacramento. Crash Cards, what's up, brother? He said optic numbered cards are a great value right now. That's facts, especially like with, even with soccer. Like I think they're they're a good buy right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Just seems like too cheap. Yeah, it almost see, and this is um the way I feel about soccer was the way that I felt about uh like Kobe cards over the summer. Yeah. I was just like. It, when I get to a point when I'm looking at something and it just makes no sense, that's when I feel like I know it's almost like too good of a like you. It's like a buy. Like yeah. that's how I feel about soccer. It's just like it makes too much sense for it not to like go up like pretty significantly. Facts. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think we've been talking about soccer a lot just because everybody's kind of starting to mm. see the yeah. for the last couple of weeks, like. But I'm glad that people are, like, actually getting into it now. Yeah. And I think especially with, uh, like, I mean, if Mbappe goes somewhere else in this offseason, that'd be insane. Because he could go, like, realistically, the and, and this is me being a little bit ignorant in, in soccer, but, like, the only good team in in the French League is PSG. So, like, at least, at least that, I can, that I know of. And so, like, if he goes to, like, Real Madrid or, like, some, so I think someone in the Discord was talking about him going to Liverpool because LeBron is, a, LeBron is a part owner in Liverpool. Um, and he's like, has ties to Nike and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I That's mean, that would be – that would be insane. Yeah, I mean, I think with him and Neymar, it's kind of cool, though. So, But I don't know if there's, like, friction there. That's why – so, yeah, so when over the summer, when I was buying Neymar cards, I was, like, looking into it, and he was – so I guess he was trying to get, like, out of um, PSG. And I was listening to a podcast, and, uh, like, the thing was that people were saying that, like, that's what PSG does, essentially, is they, like, get players, and then they just never let them leave. Because, like, it, it, it works different in soccer where, like, you sign a contract, but midway through the contract, a player, it, instead of trading player for player, they do player for money, basically. But there, yeah. there could be players, but, like, you can, like, so the way that it would work is, like, Mbappe's contract, I think, is ending. But, like, Neymar's contract doesn't end, so they would sell him to, like, wherever, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Honestly, I hope they stay together, just because I, I think that's kind of a cool, like, little thing. Like, I think Neymar's another top guy in soccer. Them playing together. Yeah, me too. Cool. Neymar's only 28, too, which is, like, because – and if you look at, like, Messi and Ronaldo, I think they're, like, in their mid to late 30s, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that Neymar has, like, four to five more, like, good years of soccer in him. Like, granted, I think he he likes to party, so, like, that could affect his game a little bit. But, but I, like, I mean – Like, what? Like, almost, like, I don't know, 40? Like, around there? Yeah. Who? who? Messi? Messi is, I think they're, like, late 30s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And they're still falling. Because, like, the one player that, so when I was looking, Rolandinho, remember I was telling you I was buying some of his cards over the summer? Yeah. Um, I, like, looked into, because I remember following him as a kid and, like, using him in FIFA, but I was like, what? whatever happened? Like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I stopped following in the period where his career kind of petered off, 
And it basically was just that he went to Barcelona and he just like partied all the time. And that was, uh, somebody, so somebody said Messi's 32. Um, oh, well, so I'm younger than I thought. I mean, I don't know what the age is like for like retirement in soccer. I'd assume it's probably like around that like 36 age, like just like with like basketball or right around there. That's like considered probably super old. Um, yeah. But if Neymar's only 28, I mean, he's still got like a, a lot of good years left. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, so we did have two questions about TikTok in here. Um, so Jake asked about TikTok growth and any tips. And then someone else asked about, or someone else was just saying that like uh, TikTok is like, ran it's like random, basically showing the lottery aspects of the cards is good. Oh, so someone was saying what's good. So, what's a good way for in TikTok essentially like tips like I mean I think I've talked about it in the past but like my most popular videos are basically just talking about like expensive cards like the most popular video I have is that uh the 52 mantle one that the card that was worth like 2.8 million dollars that's the one that has like almost I think it has over 250,000 views now um but I mean what do you what so what do you think what have you had some success on that platform with? Um, I mean, are they talking about specifically like posting related to sports cards or just in general? Uh, I mean, or well, both. So, so I think Jake's Jake's does kind of stuff that's similar to us. Okay. Um, like I, I follow him on TikTok, so like sports card stuff, pr pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I would just say stick to like I've said this so many times, but stick to like what you know. So if like you really know baseball, then stick to that and like post like a bunch about that um like if you know really really know basketball go after that um but some key tips um definitely use um songs that are like trending yeah um, that will that will help you to get i mean that that gives you the best chance to like go onto the for you page um and then as well like try to make it so where like if you're looking at it from like a person who's seeing it like what are they gonna get out of it like that's kind of helped me sometimes because like yeah, some people, I agree with that. I'll be like, oh, I didn't even like that. Didn't really even help anybody. But like, if you kind of think about it a little bit, you'll start to get, you'll get in a rhythm. The, honestly, the more you post, the better you'll get. Like, I told, yeah, I totally agree with that. That's like, what I noticed too. Start. Uh, but in general, like if you're just looking at it, like oh, I want to start posting on TikTok, just figure out what you like and start posting about that. Because if you don't like it, you're just you're not going to post as much as you would if you, if you enjoyed the content that, you know, you're trying to produce. Um, yeah. And honestly, just like go through TikTok, like just look at it for a couple of minutes. like and see what's like kind of popping off in it and maybe like do something around that. Yeah. And, and don't worry if you're wrong because the comments will let you know you're wrong within seconds of posting the video, basically. Cause that's anytime that I'm, I post, even even like it's weird because sometimes like random videos will still be like viral like uh like after the super bowl i posted a patrick mahomes video uh saying that his cards were in like they were between like 1600 and 1800 uh and then someone commented on it today it was like these are not the price of the cards and i'm like i know it's because i posted the video like two and a half weeks ago that's what they were two and a half weeks ago and now and now they're not but it's like it's like random stuff because especially what will end up happening is you'll get like one or for me it was like it took a ton of videos for one to even pop but then once one does people will then start watching your other videos and then 
kind of you'll start seeing like a trickle down almost where like other videos will become will do start doing better in the long term i guess that's sort of what i've noticed yeah again you just see like one video and once that one video goes off it makes it a lot easier for the rest of them yeah yeah definitely somebody asked delo cat buying next summer yeah i mean that's a, i think that's a good buy um what qbs you buy i don't invest in football um or buy football i just think it's a little too risky um, because I think it's like kind of a high risk, high reward thing where like if a yeah. player is good for like the first week, then their cards go insane. But then if they have a shitty week, the next literally like their prices just like go to like zero. It's just, yeah. crazy. I mean, the other thing is uh, it's mostly quarterbacks is what I yeah. noticed with football. And like, you look at a player, like, like going into last season, it was like Baker and Sam Darnold were the two rookies from 2018 that everyone was collecting. And Cherries, what's up? Cherry is from Australia. They have a shop down there. Oh, they cool. just joined. Um, but it was like Baker and yeah, Baker and Sam Darnold, and like Baker was like one thirty going into the season and Sam was like around eighty, ninety, and like Baker's now down to like fifty and then like I haven't checked Sam Darnold's prices, but like it's just crazy how like and, yeah. then, and but then you look at like um like Lamar Jackson, he was forty going into the season and now he's up to four hundred. So it's like it's just insane the price I, I, change that like, can happen. If you really, really know football, then yeah. But like, if you're like somebody like me who's just like, like they they watch it sometimes, but they're not yeah. like into it. Then I, I mean, maybe buy one card if you just want to like try it out, but don't go like ham. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if you're bu like buy if you're buying football, you should. Yeah, someone said Darnold's forty to fifty, so like he's he's even dropped. That's what I thought it was. So like realistically if you're buying like Aaron Rodgers or you're buying like Brady or Drew Brees like those are the three guys I would say even I think Russell Wilson's also kind of getting into that kind of top three conversation of quarterbacks like not in the league right now but like overall in their careers like with quarterbacks in the league right now like he's probably in that uh in that range someone did ask about buying Baker and Darnold so I actually think that Baker is a sneaky investment you can make this offseason if you really want to gamble a little bit with a football card because if they're 50 we already know that they sold for 130 so like it's not unrealistic to think that they could possibly get to 130 again yeah i mean if they've gone down that much um again i i i saw a couple interviews with baker and it seems like he's kind of like maturing a little bit in a way yeah right um so that's good to, to see but Again, I, again, I don't know football that well, um, so I'm, I can't really give you a, a an opinion on that. that yeah. I can pick up. Uh, yeah, Jake said, invest in who you want and what you know is important. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I've definitely been stuck with some some cards that I bought like just because I thought that there was going to be like a money type of thing. And they ended up just not being good investments at all. Like I bought this like random uh, pitcher for like the brewers. And like, now I just have like three autographs of his and it's like, it was just a waste of money because I thought I was like, Oh, his cards. I looked at the cards. I was like, they could sell for this. And it was all about the money at the time. And now I'm, now I just have three of his autograph Bowman cards. <laughs> you know, what has been a sneaky buys those shack cards from the summer. Mm. They're they're they've slowly started to come up. Like I haven't really looked into him as much, but his tops, um, just his regular tops, the one like the white one, not the clear one. Mm -hmm. 
I got an offer like a couple of days ago for like 75 bucks for that card. And Not I bad. Think it around 25. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to, I think those and the Fleer ones too, I think those like in the long run are going to be like some special in a way. Like I'm not going to sell those for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think vintage, I've been buying vintage recently um, just because I kind of like it. It's not, it's not going to, you know, there's not going to be any more that's going to be produced. And with the way basketball is going at this point, like I think there's going to be a lot of money in vintage. Yeah. I was talking to 90s b-ball cards. Do you know who that is? Yeah. I, cause I've talked to him a bunch of times. Like when I was doing the investing during the summer in the like Kobe's and the uh, KG's and the Duncan's and the uh, Shaq's, I was asking him a lot of questions. And the other day I asked him, I was like, do you think uh, 90s cards are going to make a comeback similar to like what vintage is right now? And he was saying that they, he thinks that there could be some sort of comeback, but not in the same way that like vintage is because of how many cards there are where like vintage, it's a little bit harder to like find good conditions. But like, if you're buying, but only be buying these graded cards. Cause like, if you're not buying graded, like it's, they're not even really worth it that, that much at least. I honestly think nineties cards are the sickest cards. They're the dopest looking cards. And with all the players in basketball, like all the great players we've seen in the nineties, I think there's going to be like, a, I think that market in general is just going to explode to be honest. The, like the like the Kobe, Shaq, KG, Tim Duncan Probably kind of it. era. Yeah, I really think so. Because that's see that's what I was thinking, and so I um I want to have I want to interview him, and I have a bunch of questions that I got to ask him about these nineties the nineties market because like that's his like thing. So like he knows I feel like he he must know like as much as anybody about these nineties cards. Like because he was saying that also that uh, insert cards are more more desirable because of the way that people collected back then was inserts over rookies. But like, I, I mean, from my perspective, as a person who likes rookies, Mike, what's up? We got Mike in the, Mike in the chat. What's uh, up? Uh, I like rookies. So like, that's where I'm in. That's where I'm buying. But like, maybe that's not the case for everybody. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I think that some get like, I think that some people are stuck in the way that like, they're thinking with like the amount of people that are in the hobby right now. Mm. I'm looking at it like when new people come in the hobby, what do they want to buy? And that's I what I, I that's kind of the same. That's what I was thinking. These are going to be crazy. I'm telling like, like I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying like, you, I think he needs to look at it from the perspective of new people coming in, what they want to buy. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, think, I think the investments are not really investments, but the buying being made by people in the hobby are probably those insert cards but i think you're right about the the people who are maybe coming in and buying cards from them that aren't that have no idea because this is what i was thinking with like which card like which shack card and which kobe card to buy i was thinking the tops card would be the way to go because like tops is a brand that like is synonymous with sports cards so like someone coming in is like all right well, what's the tops card i feel like that's mostly like i if i were and I'm thinking of this maybe from a perspective of I know I'm not go I'm not coming from zero, but like if I was coming from zero, I would think that tops would be it. At least that's what maybe my perspective. Um, Mike asks, is there a recent come up with Optic and Donruss? Well, I think we saw it with like the Luca and Trey and LeBron, like Optic stuff. 
especially the hollow stuff recently. Yeah, the hollow stuff, because uh, it's a lower print run than Prism Silvers. Yeah, so Prism Silvers, we just we, we touched on it earlier. They're definitely overproduced. Um, so in the long run, I don't think that's going to be like a, a – I think it's Prism Silvers is more of like a flip than a, than a long-term buy. But I think Optic Hollow stuff in general are just not overproduced. And yeah, I think they're just better buys overall. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not something where the, you, you never know, maybe the demand will never come, but I have a, I have a feeling that optic hollow stuff is definitely going to have a nice bit of a climb. Um, just like how we saw, um, with the Luca and the trades and LeBron hollow stuff. Yeah. I'll be interested to see like where, cause I know the hobby boxes, cause from what I've seen on Twitter, people are saying the hobby boxes are more expensive than they were last year and people are able to flip them like people are buying them and flipping them rather than opening them so i don't know like i don't know what that's going to do short term and long term for like prices of optic compared to last year too yeah um well, somebody said we don't know how much optic they made this year true um but i just don't think it's as much as prism stuff so yeah um, yeah like on that. Um, yeah, that's what I that's what Mike is right. So they they sold out within like four minutes or something, I think that's what I saw, like when they were selling on the Panini website. Yeah, they sold out fucking fast. But like just go to your target and see if you can get some. Yeah, that's what I that's where I would be. Even though it's retail and like retail usually isn't as good as hobby, it's still like I don't know. It's still fun to open. If you're I looking guess. at it from like a flip perspective, like just hold it. Like, yeah. buy, still hold it, and then, like, whenever you want to sell it, sell it. Um, oh, four seconds it sold out, not four minutes. Shit. So probably, that's crazy. Oh, got it. Probably had bots. So. Yeah, definitely bots. Hey, look what I got, though. That's, oh, my God, the infamous sign. It's hilarious. I'm going to put one of one right here. Dude, yes. Sell it on eBay. Yes, dude. And like sign it or something like one on one on one side and then sign on the other, dude. That was so, I was I saw that I was like that is hilarious. Behind the Kobe thing too, I was like this is the perfect spot for it. Did you see? Um, someone commented was like, oh, it, it was inspired by Gary V. Yeah, I saw and that. It's like, uh, it's like yes, but it's also there's a guy on Instagram with like six million followers that does this as well. I know. <laughs> I, I tagged him too. I was like, maybe he'll see this, but. We'll see. I think – I bet you – I could see him repost – because he reposts your stuff all the time. Yeah. I bet you he'll repost – I could see him reposting that, like, later today or, like – because that's what – this is This is the time. Maybe he's even done it because I feel like this is the time usually when he's doing it. Um, it was cool, though. Buster, um, he owns Hoops Nation. He yeah, he's so cool. That was really cool. Um, and then some other, like, people just, like, damn me. It was really cool. But, yeah, like – I literally came up with the idea like last night when I was like about to fall asleep. I was like, wait, what if I just did this? And then like my uh, boy Kyle um, cruised with me and like, he was like, I'm not getting out of the car though. <laughs> All right. So he like took the picture and like the car. And then That's cruised. hilarious. I, I bet you, so someone said, I bet you uh, if you posted that and then you tagged Panini on your story, I bet you they'd repost it too. They repost yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, so something that I thought of earlier that I forgot to bring up that I, I don't, I forget if I've asked you this in the past, but so what do you think about like 
like flipping Lucas and Trey's based off of like volume of how many sell on eBay and like Dude. the range of how much they sell. It feels like if you can if you can be patient and disciplined and buy them when they're low and then sell them at when they're high, like it feels like that's got to be an opportunity to flip. Dude, if if you have just like a a decent amount of money, you can go to shows and buy bulks. Like you can't just buy one because they'll probably charge you. you right. know, but if you're like, yo, I'll buy, you know, like 15 Lucas from you and 15 Trey bases from you, they'll give you a deal. I've yeah. done it. I did. I've done it. Like it, it's just what happens. And you can take that same thing, go put it on your story. Say, yo, like, Luca base PSA ten like two twenty each. You you could probably get it if you bought ten for like one ninety. Like and you can just sell them off piece by piece every month doing that, and make a couple hundred bucks every time you do that. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it's it's e like I'm not saying it's easy, but like it's very doable. It's doable, yeah. And I think that's I feel like the thing. Like, is, I really went think... to a card shop. I went to a card shop. Right. Let me tell you this. I went to a card shop. I'm looking through this card shop does not give deals. Let me tell you this. It's not like the old, the cool card shops where you can come in. You can say, yo, I'll buy all like five things from you. Give me like a little bit of yeah. this. Or like if I pay cash, do I have to pay tax? Like it was not that kind of card shop. But what I noticed is what they do is when they tag their prices, they don't go back and change it. If like the, the price fluctuates, if it goes up or mm. if it goes down, it just keeps the same. So I literally went in there. I went there for like 30 minutes, looked at every single card. And I literally was just like looking them up on eBay. It was like vintage. And I was like, mm. oh, this one's going for this one. He's like selling for 75. And I just saw like, a, uh, it was selling for like 250. Yeah. I bought it right there, put it on eBay and I sold it for 250. Like, oh, wow. All day, every day. You just have to look. Yeah. For I mean, I think that's re realistically, I think the flip, the flipping has to be done in a way where the internet isn't involved. If that makes sense. Cause like, the internet is like where – because the internet, the sellers aren't – like they know what they're selling. Like I feel like with – and it's not that card shops don't know what they're selling, but like sometimes they – like they're not going to – they're not going through all the cards they have every single day and changing the pricing of them. So like like you said, like they may have a card for 75 that sells for 250 because they don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, that's what I'm excited for the national. I mean, just because, yeah, there's going to be, like, cards that I'm going to go after that are, like, high-end. But I also just want to go right. singles. And I can, like, if you just do the work on the singles, like, you can pick up some nice stuff for cheap. you got to go early, though. That's what I've heard is the single, like, the, the like, dime boxes and, like, the dollar boxes. When I was there on Saturday and Sunday, when I was looking, there was, like, nothing, basically. Like, uh, like for, and from what I, when I talked to people, they were like, you should have been here on, like, Wednesday when they first opened it was crazy like they were crazy deals like and that's basically just what ends up happening is because like the dealers try and get all their selling done early so that way they can either just chill or they like just go and buy yeah or yeah or they're going to buy right exactly but yeah like I think buying in bulk is really smart um and again you can make money off of it that way like you can go to StockX right now and there's buy it now prices where you could literally just sell a card like that so if you go in knowing what you're looking for, you know, oh, well, somebody wants to pay like 250 for a Luca-based PSA 10, and you go there, and the guy's selling, you know, like, I don't know, like five for 190 like, there you go. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And I think that's what's different, like, with StockX specifically, like, 
because with their shoes, it's not exactly the same because like with shoes, there's like the, there's the different sizes. Like, yeah. so like, I would say like a nine and a half or a 10 would probably be more popular than like an eight and a half or like a 12 or something like that. I'm just making up numbers, but like, it's going to be, you're going to find that the nine and a half and tens probably are selling higher where like, but with the sports cards, it's one size fits all. It's all the same. I guess sort of. That you're not, you're supposed to not price. Somebody said you're not supposed to price cards because of fluctuation. Um, I mean, but dealers actually do that all the time. I mean, if you're, it's tough because like, it, you know, you don't know when they're going to fluctuate. Like, sure, in theory, if a player has a good game, that should drive the price up, but that doesn't always happen. Or, like, if a player – like, for, for Anthony Davis, like, his cards jumped when he got traded to – and the, I'm using two different sports as an example, but I'm just using – because Mookie Betts then got traded also. And, like, his cards didn't significantly go up. Like, they went up from, like, 90 to, like, 100. But, like, still, it's – you don't know – in theory, there are reasons where cards should go up, but they don't. And then there are card times where cards do go up when they shouldn't, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, again, like, dealers need to make money. And, and especially people who have their own, like, stores and stuff, like, it's tough. So, like, I don't know. I get that people yeah. need to Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the if... Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's it's tough that way. Like last year at the national, it was it was basically just Luca, Trey, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold, and those were like the four players everybody was looking for. Like when I was walking around, every like all the people who were walking up and buying were uh, they were that's who, that's everybody that's all they were buying basically. Yeah. So like, usually that usually that'll happen where like. Uh, there's a couple players like I would imagine this this year it'll be like Zion, Ja, and then like maybe maybe Kyler Murray. And Zion, Zion and Ja, like people are buying them up right now, but like over the summer, like that's going to be the time to buy. Like, yeah, it's not now. Like, and you'll you're, you're starting to see the prices go down right now for all. Right. I mean, even with that thirty point game last night, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's like his first thirty point game. He joins like there's only six other. Uh, there's only like six other players with of his age that have scored over 30 points or something. Yeah, I mean, like, it's because like um, all the stuff from PSA is coming back. So like, even if like they have like gnarly games, there's just so much more supply coming onto the market. Right. It's just. It, I mean, I think people like people new coming to the hobby don't really understand yet where like the times of the year which are good buys for cards. Um, because they're just getting in and they just want to buy. Um, so they don't really understand that part yet. Yeah. I, um, I mean, there's usually like a 20 to 30% drop in the off season most of the time. Like, and that's where real, if you're buying baseball, like you could have been buying like another baseball player I like is Cody Bellinger. And I mean, I don't know. So are you like an Angels or Dodgers fan? Like, or either, or like not even really either. Yeah. I'm an, I go, I'm an Angels fan. Like, yeah, I, so like, I actually know baseball. It's just like I don't get like yeah, the mark right. a bit. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's and it's honestly so confusing too, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, but like Bellinger, you could have been buying Bellinger PSA tens for like fifty bucks, 
And like during the season, I bet you those will be 150, 200 bucks. And I, and I don't know if they've gone up, but like I bought like a couple, I think I bought one raw for like five bucks, which is crazy if you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, I wish that, like, I think we talked about this last time, how like I wish baseball, like the sport and like the MLB, like, I don't know, produced it better. And like, yeah. Kind of, kind of got in tune with like the day and age of like what what we're what content and stuff is today instead of just like hiding everything basically yeah exactly did you hear um trevor bauer he has like a he has like a company he has like a media company and he basically just shit on the nfl today it was or in the, the mlb today it was so funny he came out with like a youtube video where like uh for, I, I i'll send you the link after this but like he was he was basically saying everything that I was that I've been saying, but like I've I've heard him say this in the past about like Bam and like all the stuff with the MLB and their like their media stuff, and I was it's like, so it makes like, so much why, sense. Like they hold the content to every game, like you can't like produce it again or something like that. Like they take every they, yeah, they're so Bam is a is a um, it's like a media company that their job is to like copy strike people essentially. So yeah, like they they take down like accounts and like content that is like highlights of their show of their game basically that's so stupid and like the craziest thing is uh the nhl just signed the same media company to do the same thing for the nhl stuff and it's like what are the like the nhl is doing worse than the mlb like what are they thinking like it's crazy that's so stupid like i don't even know how to i don't know yeah it makes no sense yeah i mean it's they they want people to they want people to watch the content on their terms essentially like they don't want they want people to enjoy it because they put the content out like it's like a micro standpoint like exactly not, it, i don't know like and i think baseball like has still has so much potential like literally cuz like anybody can play baseball you don't exactly be, you don't have to be like super athletic i mean you can't be like you know like crazy just like no like agility or anything like that but like for the most majority of people, anybody can play. Right. Um, and it's like, if you know the game, it, it's it's really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Because um, there's a lot of things, like, within that game that's, like, a game. So it's, like... Right, exactly. Yeah, things. I mean, that's... Ex- right, exactly. I totally but agree. It was so like, funny. Uh, ba- ba- Bauer's uh, was quote, he, he was, like, uh, he was complaining about the, the social media stuff, and he was just, like, you watch the NBA and Steph Curry makes a bounce pass across the court and five minutes later it's trending on Twitter and has like 5 million views on it. I'm yeah. like, that is the, it's, it's honestly, you have to listen to this cause it's like the, it's the quote of the year. It's, it's oh, so cool. I mean, dude, I'm telling you like baseball, I don't know. They, they need to, they need to hire us to do their digital marketing. Bro, dude. It. dude, for sure. We'll put we'll, up we'll, I mean, we'll, I'll do it. I'll do it too. We'll hold up signs, make baseball cool again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something hilarious. And like, even with like, like watching a pitcher go like, you know, like nine innings, like no hitter, like that shit. Like, if it was like content production, just per, like putting out content with that, like imagine how viral that stuff would go. Yeah. Like, like watching, I don't know, like, I don't know, like watching like a pitcher's like curveball in like slow motion, like I don't see like how how many inches like moves, even like stuff like that is like cool to watch. Yeah, like the like the ML, like how what the NFL does sometimes, where they have like the advanced stats in the game type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, yeah. if they did something like that, I think that would be a good idea. Like, there's... Like, honestly, I think... So, some of the stuff that I think is good that MLB has done, and I don't know what they have... I don't know how much say they have um, in, like, tops, but, like, the the pictures that they used for this year's Series 1 are, like, absolutely incredible. And they, for sure, went in, like, a different direction where they were trying to make the cards, like... And I think I... I forget where I said this. I was saying that the... They're trying to make the cards like memeable, basically. Yeah. Like they're trying to make the cards bigger than the cards. So like they're trying to make it a story, basically. Which is, I think, I mean, that's that's what they got to do, realistically. Like that's that's one way to get more people to know. So uh, Mike said, "I'd be interested in both of you talking about soccer cards. Can you elaborate on them?" Um. So here, so here, here's what we should do. So let's end this live right now. And then we'll just restart it because this one's going to end. It's going to kick us off in like four minutes. And I figure we can just end this and then we'll just start another one. And we'll just start with soccer at the top of the next one. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good.